It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder lose to the Sacramento Kings, but SGA continues to display elite traits as we get an update on Josh Giddy's injury and see Aaron Wiggins roll his ankle and be ruled out for Wednesday's game in Denver. How did they lose this game? What progress have we seen from Pokashevsky and the rest of this young team? All coming up on today's Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Daily Oklahoma City Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Sacramento Kings on Monday night as SGA continues to play at an elite level. Mark gives an update on Josh Giddy and Aaron Wiggins suffers his injury, but there's still a lot to talk about as Pokashevsky and Trey Mann and Olivia Saar all have very good games. Let's start, though. With Josh Giddy. Uh, he dealt with hip soreness on last Friday's game against the Pacers. So he was out against the Pacers, right? So the All Star break happens. He participates in the Rising Stars Challenge and the skills competition. He plays last Thursday against the Suns. The second night of that back to back against the Pacers, he was ruled out for hip soreness. And yesterday, after the game and before the game, uh, Mark spoke to the media. And before the game, he said that when it comes to Josh Giddy, it's not day-to-day. Now, this is on the heels of him saying last weekend that he could miss some time. And so now it's he can miss some time, and it's not a day-to-day thing, which leaves you to believe that this is an injury that will linger and will cost him quite a bit of time. Now, now nothing is official yet. We haven't heard anything other than it's not a day-to-day thing. It obviously rolls him out for Wednesday against Denver, you would imagine. Uh, this hip soreness, what does it all mean? The most pressing thing it means, honestly, is that maybe Josh Giddy loses his streak of Rookie of the Month awards if he cannot play for most of March. He should win February. That should keep a streak intact. He's going to miss the first game in March for the Thunder, and it's not a day-to-day thing, so he's probably going to miss more than that within this month. This might be the month that he loses Rookie of the Month for the NBA, for the Western Conference, Uh, but in general, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, we, we would all love to see Josh Giddy play. We all love watching him play. It's especially more prevalent now that SGA is back and, and that uh, he is in the lineup and you want to see how these two young stars can coexist together and people are already starting to question or wonder or prognosticate about the future and the pairing of 
those two guys, Josh Gideon and SGA, and what the rebuild looks like in the future. And if he can get on the floor and if he can play with SGA, then that maybe starts to quiet things down a bit. But in general, doesn't really mean anything, right? It's sad he's hurt. Wish he'd be healthy to play. We all want to watch him play. But in terms of these long, gradual things of how it could impact the Thunder long term, uh, it simply doesn't because you would imagine the Thunder are going to have SGA and uh, Josh Giddy for a long, long time. They're going to have all next year together to uh, work out uh, their fit and gel and grow together all off season to do, this, to do the same thing uh, and work together in summer workouts and in the preseason next year. So no matter what happens with this injury, it doesn't really mean anything besides for the personal accolades of it'd be really cool to see Josh Giddy go wire to wire and win the rookie of the year award, uh, but a rookie of the month award, I should say wire to wire for the Western conference. But other than that, it's just kind of a shame because we're not getting to see one of the Thunder's best players, one of the young players in the NBA that are very, very good. And of course, getting our sneak peek of how him and SGA will gel together. So no cause for concern. It's not an injury. I think that will do anything long-term in the sense of, you know, that you should worry about. It's just hip soreness, but we'll see whenever he can return to the floor. And it's not a day-to-day thing. That could mean that he's out Wednesday, but comes back Friday. It could mean that he's out all week. It could mean that he's out two weeks, a month, whatever. We just don't really know right now. And so hopefully he's back sooner than later. Now, Aaron Wiggins left this game with a sprained ankle, with a rolled ankle that we saw happen in this contest. And Mark has already ruled him out for Wednesday against uh, the Nuggets. We'll see how long it takes for his ankle to get back. And remember, he dealt with an ankle injury uh, prior to the All-Star break, which is what held him out of a, a large chunk of games before signing that contract to convert him from a two-way deal to a standard NBA deal. He's going to be out for uh, some time now with this ankle injury. So those are the two injury updates. No updates yet on the other players who missed time, and you know who, who they are. This team was very shorthanded yesterday without Josh Giddy, without Lou Dorp, without Ty Jerome, without Mike Muscala, without Kenny Hustle, without Jeremiah Robinson Earl. No updates on any of them. They also do not have Derek Favors and Wiggins, of course, left after nine minutes of play due to a rolled ankle. The Thunder uh, took on the Kings team that was uh, only missing Terrence Davis and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, the Thunder start SGA, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, and Darius Baisley, along with Isaiah Roby. The Kings start Fox, Holiday, Barnes, Lyles, and Sabonis. Well, the biggest takeaway from this game is SGA. It's how great SGA has been this year uh, and continues to be uh, during his return. The 30-point streak continues, and what he is doing is simply elite. What he is doing is showing you why you gave him that max contract, why he should have been an all-star last year, why you should feel comfortable with him as your top option uh, and as your uh, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call it to help you go win a championship and that you can build a team around him and Josh Giddy uh, to go win a championship in Oklahoma City. So we're going to talk about that coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. But first, I want to say right now, but your friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net is the best spot to be because football might be over, but basketball is in full steam, both college and pro hoops from all of the latest odds, player props, totals, where the next fired head coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all sports betting needs. 
Bet Online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this year. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and even Olympic coverage. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device and check it out today at BetOnline.net, BetOnline.net, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. We really appreciate that. Subscribe for free across all platforms. And for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Now podcast. The Locked On Now podcast is there for you to listen to every morning for a recap of the association the night before from our local experts. It's free and available across all platforms and only Locked On Thunder and Locked On Podcast Network can recap these NBA games for you this way with boots on the ground at every game and allowing you to come on in and understand what's happening around the association. So it's great. Uh, Check it out. Lockdown Now podcast available for you anywhere. You get podcasts from Lockdown Now is on the Lockdown NBA YouTube page. We also have a Lockdown Thunder YouTube page that you can subscribe to. And every episode across all platforms is free and available. But let's get into SGA's fantastic elite performance. SGA has been incredible since he's returned. He's only put up 30 plus points a night since he's returned from his injury after the all-star break. And the only thing you can say about SGA's game yesterday was, wow, three for three from uh, the three point line, 12 for 16 from the floor, 75%, 10 for 14 at the free throw line. That's 71%. He got to the line 14 times, 14 times at the line yesterday. Seven rebounds, 10 assists, three steals, five turnovers, five fouls, uh, 37 points. He scored 37 in this game uh, and tried to will the Thunder to this win, but obviously the Thunder fell short against Sacramento. Uh, But he's elite. The 30-point streak continues. It's the most 30-point games he's had in a single season in his career, and he continues to build upon that. Uh, He broke that record against the Suns, I believe it was, and he continues to build upon that for the Thunder and for his uh, personal brand, so to say. But Mark had a great point after the game and it continued into uh, today after practice, but he had a great point of the foul trouble that actually found himself in picked up his third foul very early on. And he said, when you take a player off the court, you're then fouling him out. Those are minutes that you're taking off the court for that. You don't want to take them off the court. So you're fouling him out. There's no guarantee he gets that sixth foul. And oftentimes they don't get the sixth foul. And I just think that that's very interesting and a peek inside Mark's coaching style, because I've said it. I know many other people have said it as well. Mark projects to be a very 
elite head coach. I mean, obviously the talent that he has is not the talent that Scott Brooks started with or the talent that uh, Billy Donovan started with. And so his, his first few seasons records will not match up with those guys. Uh, he's more on track with Peter Colissimo in that aspect of, of the first few game records. But uh, in general, his philosophies, his coaching style, the offensive sets that he runs, all of that stuff is better than what we've seen from Scott Brooks. It's better than what we've seen from uh, Billy Donovan. Of course, they have an, a, a top half of the league defense right now as well. And these little rotational things and little philosophy things like this about fouling out and, and about keep trusting guys out there with multiple fouls and in foul trouble gives you a peek inside what the team will look like once they want to be uh, competitive again. Because I think that Mark is going to be the head coach that, that takes this team back to the playoffs and, and that Sam Presti does not think of things short-sightedly and does not, and does not view Mark as a stopgap. I think that he views Mark as the head coach of the future. And that's why that they're all building this to get together. And it's important to have a coach who will trust your top guys to stay in the game because he's right. You oftentimes won't foul out of games and you don't want to suffer a lull in the second quarter that dooms you for the game because your star picked up two fouls and that's the way it's always been done. And so I like the outside the box philosophy. And then he also talked about SGA in this sense, which I think that we all kind of know subconsciously, but saying it out loud really puts it into perspective. The Thunder are the worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. And so he says, quote, theoretically, being the worst three-point shooting team, it should be the easiest, we should be the easiest team in the NBA to help off of. And yet SGA still gets in the lane. So you think about that. Whenever the Thunder are the worst three-point shooting team, it should be so easy to clog the lane and so easy for other teams to protect the rim because they're not worried about him driving and kicking, even though he's elite at that, and even though he has a great passing ability. When he drives and kicks, the defense is thinking he oftentimes will pass to a guy who can't make the shot even if they're wide open because of this team's lack of three-point shooters and lack of ability to shoot from beyond the arc. And yet SGA is still living at the rim. He's still observing contact. He's still finishing through contact, and he's still just finding ways to score at the cup. I think that that's very impressive. And again, I think that we all kind of subconsciously knew that, but I think that saying it out loud really just puts it into more perspective. And it shows how elite SGA is. And it shows you that if he's killing it at the rim the way he is right now, and he's getting to the line 14 times, and he's scoring at the rim at will, and he's putting up 30 points with only taking three three-point shots and making all three. If he's doing all those things now, whenever this team has uh, no reason for the defense to trust their spacing and for no reason for the defense to key in on shooters, you just have to let your mind wander and see, you know, and, and just see what you believe will happen whenever the Thunder eventually do get better three-point shooters and, and eventually do complete this roster and eventually have uh, the assets that, that they want around SGA and Josh Giddy. The sky is the limit for this rebuild, and the roles are pretty clear. It's just that we've got to see it in action. We've got to see, uh, we've got to see how it all comes together. But SGA has an elite trait, and when you have an elite NBA trait, it's easy to build off those things and become an elite player. The way he gets to the rim, the way that he uses his pace and his tempo to uh, move up and down the floor and shift through the defense and maneuver through these clogged lanes. 
those things are what takes SGA to that next level. So I'm very excited for the future of the Thunder and the future of SGA as well. But Trey Mann, another young player who uh, had a great game for the Thunder, 11 points, four assists, three rebounds, one for three from, or one for four, I should say, from three point land, 41% from the floor. And he praised SGA after the game, saying his pace is great, and that he said that him and Aaron Wiggins were talking on the bench and they were just kind of wondering, is Shea fast or does he just move at a certain pace that allows him to get faster? That kind of questioning how Shea does it and how Shea gets to the rim and uses his athleticism in a different way than, than just the typical way of being explosive and pulling by everybody and getting to, getting to the rim. His tempo, his pace is, goes a long way in that for SGA. And with Trey Mann, what was most encouraging tonight, you know, an 11 point night against the Kings and a blowout loss, you, you might look at that box score and just shrug your shoulders or say, Oh, at least he had double digits or whatever. What, in, what encouraged me the most was he had that herky jerky stuff. He had the step back stuff. And now you're seeing defenses respect it. And you're seeing him, you're seeing him kind of dip into his bag a little bit more to where in the mid range, there was this play where he goes, he goes crossover, crossover between the legs. And then he teases a step back. Like he's going to shoot a mid range step back around the elbow. Like three guys on the defense react to it. One of them jumps past him. He's able to get to the rim because they're all gearing up to stop that that step back jump shot. That whenever he just whenever he just kind of rocks backwards, he can shoot to the rim and get an easy layup. That is when you look at his game as a tree, right? The the, the tree trunk of his game is going to be his step back. That's his best move at all three levels. And now off that step back comes sidestep threes and making step back threes, but also comes a fake step back to get the defense moving. And that can open up your teammates. It can also open up you scoring from three-point land, stepping inside of the mid-range for a wide-open shot, or mid-range stepping inside of the lane for an open shot at the rim. And you're seeing him kind of get creative with that. We've also seen him be a very explosive dunker this year. You know, he has a lot of dunking highlights, surprisingly enough, as somebody who didn't really dunk that much in college. Uh, I think that with Trey Mann, he continues to impress in what looks to be, from the outside looking in, him soaking in information and making the adjustments in real time to the NBA and adding new things in real time to his bag of tricks in the NBA. I like what we've seen from from the progression from Trey Mann, and this game was no different. But coming up, let's talk Pokashevsky, let's talk Olivier Saar, and let's talk how the Thunder lost this game to the Kings. But first, I want to say right now, my good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for over 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago, you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all of the parts that your car would ever need. Folks, my favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. And the best part is I don't have to know anything about cars. What I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts that I don't need, parts I cannot use, or any of that. And I can feel comfortable going to rockauto.com knowing I'm going to get the best price point, the best offering, because they don't know that I know nothing about cars. They don't know that I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to vehicles. So they're going to give me the same reliably low price they give everybody else. 
Whereas if you go to a uh, store in person, they can kind of snuff out, hey, this guy does not know what he's doing when it comes to cars. Let's upcharge him. You can't do that on rockauto.com on the computer. So go over there right now, rockauto.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you and the how did you hear about this box? And they'll know what to do from there. Rockauto.com amazing selection. Reliably low prices of the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available across all platforms. Go check out the Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. I want to continue talking about this game as Pokashevsky has a really nice night. And let's start there with Pokashevsky. Nine points. Two fouls, two turnovers. He has the two steals, though. Five assists, eight rebounds. He is one for th- one for five from three, four for 12 from the floor. Uh, this game was not so much about his point scoring. It was about the fact that we're seeing him add everything else to his arsenal. Diving for loose balls, making hustle plays, keeping possessions alive, understanding the game more. And Mark even praised his durability this year. And, and this is part of the conversation around Pokashevsky's body. It doesn't have to just be putting on 50 pounds of muscle. It's about getting your body in tune with with, with you playing more games and you playing a more physical brand of basketball and you being more durable. And so far, he's done that. He plays 25 minutes in this game. But again, it's all the other things, the passing, the rebounding, the steals defensively using his length to his advantage on the defensive end, and the hustle plays. He's doing a lot more. He, he's adding more things to his game with those hustle plays and with the ability uh, to help the Thunder try to win games. And in this game, but Critchie also had a really nice breakout. 29 points, 10, uh, 29 minutes, 10 points, two assists, five rebounds, four fouls, though, a steal and a turnover. He goes 0 for 6 from 3, which I think that, that can be a really good three-point shooter, so you should imagine what happens when those three-point shots go in. But it was nice to see him score double figures in this game, especially all of the trial and tribulations he's gone through uh, with his injury history. So it's nice to see him back on the court and seeing how he kind of progresses the rest of the year as, as he will get more minutes down the stretch of this season. Olivier Saar also got more minutes in this game, 25 to be exact. He goes five for eight from the floor. It's his first career NBA three-pointer, one for two. Four fouls, four rebounds, 12 points. And I still feel the same way I did about Levesar before this game. Uh, he's not, there's not really a path for him to play in the NBA long term, but uh, it's interesting nonetheless. And he's, an, and he's a fun player to watch nonetheless. But being, being seven feet, it really doesn't help him that much because he's not a lockdown defender and he gets those four fouls. You know, and, uh, you know, he, he's just not sound defensively. 
And I, I just think that Sar is a nice player to watch. He has those fun dunks, but there's not really a path for him to be in the NBA long-term, although credit to him for having 12 points and four rebounds in this one. So how did the Thunder lose this game? The Kings led by 21 points at one point. OKC led by nine as their largest lead. There was nine lead changes six times this game was tied. The Thunder fall 131 to 110. OKC was out-rebounded 51 to 48. The Kings had 30 assists to OKC's 28. OKC had two more steals than the Kings. Each team had 16 turnovers. Sacramento had 10 points in the paint, uh, 10 more points in the paint than OKC. OKC had five more second chance points. OKC won the fast break battle 21 to 14. OKC had 43 bench points to Sacramento's 38. Uh, OKC had 13 points off turnovers, but Sacramento cashed in for 31 points off turnovers, which is a big deal. Each team had 16. Each team turned over 16 times. Sacramento turned that into 31 points. OKC turned it into 13 points, and that's the difference. Sacramento won the first, third, and fourth frame. OKC won the second. Sacramento won, uh, ran a nine-man rotation. OKC played 10 in this game. OKC had four players in double figures. Sacramento had six. The Kings shot 56% from the floor, 32% from three, and 76% at the line. OKC, OKC shot 46% from the floor, 31% from three, and 70% at the line. The bet of the day was OKC plus eight home dogs. That did not cash in. But the minimal pick was, was SGA uh, with three three-pointers, and he led the team in three-pointers made. MVP of this game is SGA. Coming up on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on Wednesday, we're going to have a draft podcast on Thursday. We're going to recap the Nuggets game on Friday. We'll have a weekend preview to wrap up the week here on Locked On Thunder. It's a Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter, Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 